word. Welcome back, guys. <laughs> Episode four. We didn't think we were going to be here, but here we are. You know where else I didn't think I was going to be? Alive at the beginning <laughs> of spring one. And yet, here we are, folks. Here we are. First day. We're recording this on the first day of classes. Um, and it's just been such a different vibe than the shit show that was fall two. Correct. And also something that I'm really proud of is the like messy corners of my apartment <laughs> has started to slowly go away. Like starting to fold my laundry again, mm -hmm. starting to, I don't know, clean out the refrigerator, like things that I didn't have any time for previously. Suddenly I'm a free woman. <laughs> uh, but we wanted to take a minute and say thank you for everyone that's been listening. The response has been incredible. Insane. Insane. Like people that I haven't talked to in years have been listening to the podcast and reaching out. Friends and family, people outside the Fuqua community. My old boss was like, I listened to your podcast. Danny was just telling me on our way over here that someone she found a blog or someone reached out to her on LinkedIn saying that, oh, I found your podcast and it was great. And she asked this, this person, how did you find us? And guys, we've made it onto Reddit. Right. Like a sub thread, like deep into, I don't even use Reddit. Like I don't that. know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like unclear. I just know that the cool kids use it and I'm really excited about it that we're like part of the cool kids club now. That... I'm definitely not cool. Can't get the lingo. <laughs> But excited to be on on the Reddit scene. Yes, we've we've made it into that side of things, and now I don't know. I just felt very special. But exactly, I have no idea what the lingo means. And like, but anyway, all that to say, really appreciate um, everyone for listening, and you know, keep the feedback coming because we want to make this much better and also um, something that everyone can relate to. Um, that's the whole point. Yeah. And so, yes, it's so many classmates have reached out and said, you know, I didn't think about something this way or I didn't think about something that way. Seema's episodes, I think, resonated with so many people. Like she's, I mean, she's an incredible person. So we knew that, but we're glad the larger audience knows that as well. And we're excited for all of the other guests that we have in the works. Um, we got mad guests. We got mad guests. And I, we can't, we cannot wait for you guys to hear their stories and their experiences. But this episode is just going to be us. It's just going to be me and Danny talking about, you know, catching you guys up on sorry our recruiting. Sorry to disappoint. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> a few of you have asked us how our recruiting has been going. Um, I know Danny and I were a little MIA last month. And so we just wanted to quickly talk about the clusterfuck that was recruiting last month really? and how we uh, came out on the other side or did we? Because, I mean, it's still a blur at this moment. But Danny, yeah. I will start with you and say, how did it go? As, oh she's, as she's making this face of like pain. <sighs> Recruiting. How I love to hate you. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like, okay, by the numbers, this is what happened to me. I applied to 21 companies. I didn't hear, just got straight ghosted <laughs> by 24% of them. Um, from there, let's see. Oh, I got interviews with 57%, which I feel like is very like humbled by. It was incredible. Like, I can't believe like I'm getting a call back. Um, truly was like chasing my ex-boyfriend. Like, <laughs> like most 
most of these. So I was really shocked. And then um, got solidly rejected from 19%. And then um, was very like blessed and, and humbled to get six offers. So that is Woo! where, that's how the cookie, the <laughs> cookie should crumble. You, I feel like specifically with MBAs, like you came to school to learn and to, to get a job. So when you have companies just slamming the door in your face and telling you not knowing it's like humbling what. in a different way, but this is like humbling to your like intellect at times. And it was just, it was so much yeah. worse. Me. And like also beyond like your intellect, it's like, thanks, but no thanks. Mm-hmm. It's this like existential kind of feeling that I feel like we haven't felt many times in our lives prior where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you came with this dream and this, this thing you wanted to do. I recognize this is, you know, we're first year. So this is yeah. an internship, but it's like, am I not going to go do that thing now that I really wanted to do? Or this company that was like my dream company is telling me no. Mm-hmm. So like, what do I do now? Yeah. That, fe- that feeling I think is just unparalleled in the real world. And by so many things that I, I don't know, it was just like an incredibly humbling um, experience and just like days when I woke up being like, Oh my God, I just, don't want to get out of bed. Exactly. This is like awful. I don't know. How how did you feel about I things? it started out as humbling because I, I know we talked about it before. I haven't had to apply for a job in like six years. So this was Which okay, pause, pause, pause. Yes. Um that's a thing you need to tell people about. Yeah. Because um, I've had like a plethora of just like eh, some okay jobs, some yeah. bad real bad jobs. <laughs> But I've applied and like interviewed for a lot of jobs since college. I think I've had like three, three and a half jobs since in like the six years. So I moved around. But you, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. I was, yeah, I was not prepared for it. Yeah, I found my first job, which was I, I was at Deloitte Consulting. I applied for that job in 2014 and I haven't had to find a job since. So for me, I came in so unaware and just so just like, blind in what I was doing it and and you talked about it it was humbling at first for me and then it was straight up demoralizing like it was just like wow I am really not that smart I don't have that many skills this process is much harder than I thought it was and I'll I'll run through my numbers as well um I applied to 27 companies but a lot more roles um I got ghosted from 10 of them just straight up haven't heard back Casper Uh, just Casper the shit out of that I got rejected from six and those rejections, they wouldn't come in like staggeringly. It would be first thing in the morning, six or seven in a row, just like a great way to start your morning. Exactly. (laughs) With the same exact message. And I'm like, great. I feel like you're just sending a blast text at this moment. I interviewed at 11, so about 40%. And then I was fortunate enough to get offers um, at six of those. And when I say I got those offers, I remember I was texting you. I got them in 24 hours. Like it was just nothing, 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 nothing. And then it was a waterfall of things that I think could have happened to everyone. But yeah, this process, like it, you probably were a lot more prepared than I was of just the process of interviewing the process of waiting. I did not thrive whatsoever. I was terrible at it. I didn't know who to turn to. And I didn't know what to do in the interim because when the door closed and someone sent you a rejection, that was actually really nice. That was the decent thing to do. 
But a lot of these companies just straight up didn't say anything. So you were at the edge of the door and didn't know if you could put it like your foot forward, if you're supposed to retreat back. So it was just like a very limbo situation. And I think that for me, and I think for a lot of people is the toughest part. Mm -hmm. Like either you complete the process and therefore you can move on, or you have all of these other applications open where you aren't rejected, but you aren't moving forward. So you don't know if you're supposed to hold out for them. You don't know what the timeline is. And so you're just like, continually just like hanging out there in limbo and being like, Hey, I'm still here. You know, like, talk to me, please text me back. For sure. And like the hardest, the hardest part about the limbo bit is that you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Like, are you in plan B mode? Are you going to be rejected from all of these companies? And then you got to be scraping together Mm -hmm. like your plan B or are you actually fine? And you're going to end up, on the other side of it. And it's, it's what, it's so awful to not know where to put your energy. Mm -hmm. Like, do you push forward and do you keep, you know, hitting up that recruiter just being (laughs) like, homie, I'm here. I'm I'm here. here. I'm singing. (laughs) Like, please. I've Um, got the heels on the makeup's on. Let's go. Like, what do you need me to do? Like, please meet me in the zoom room. Um, (laughs) Or do you be like, okay, like, time to go back to the drawing board and and start to like start networking again Mm. and it's just like it's just this really tough time of not knowing exactly whether you're moving forward or actually you're moving backward yeah it's such a weird position and I was talking to a friend of mine and they were saying you know maybe you just need to prioritize your companies and I was like no 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 they're already prioritized but if you don't know why you're not hearing back how do you reprioritize? Like right. you're just blindly prioritizing. Zero inputs. You have no zero idea. input. Like if companies aren't or people are not giving you any sort of feedback, you don't know what to change, and your gut can only take you so far. And I think that's where, like in the month of January, I was just drowning in general. I just didn't want to talk to people. I was like, I need to be in the zone and, and need to get things done, which is the way I function. But I was, I've had many people since the podcast reach out to me saying like yeah, it fucking sucked. Like I haven't, I've gone through stage or uh, round two or final rounds for five companies and got rejected from five companies and they haven't really given any feedback or they've given me vague feedback of like, you didn't show enough enthusiasm. And sometimes it's like 8 PM on a Friday and you have no more enthusiasm left. Correct. You have been drained. This is the best you can do. And I don't like, I just don't know what to go, how to move forward from that. I think feedback to that point is so important Mm -hmm. because, and I wish I, you know, of the rejections that I got, um, there was only one recruiter who offered to give feedback, who, who proactively said, Hey, if you want to talk through, or you'd like insight into why we decided Mm -hmm. not to move forward with you, um, I'm having calls with candidates on these days. Mm -hmm. Like you're welcome to come. Mm -hmm. And I think that that goes so far because Mm -hmm. people that gives you an opportunity to actually learn from your mistakes Mm -hmm. um, in a way that like, if they're not willing to give feedback or they're like, this is proprietary, we Mm -hmm. can't tell you anything. Yeah. Um, it just like it sucks because you're just then you're in your head spinning on like okay well what was it about me was it my was it my cover letter mm-hmm. was it I just didn't interview well yeah. like 
what do I need to fix? And that's all I've ever wanted. I think throughout just like, even from like grade school of like, someone just like talk to me about what I'm doing well or what I'm doing wrong. And I think throughout my career and throughout people that I've interacted with and stuff like that, that feedback aspect is so difficult to get, like giving it, getting it, synthesizing it, acting on it, understanding where people are coming from and and how to give feedback in like an important or in a constructive way. Or like, what does constructive feedback mean? I actually don't know what that word means. Is it being polite? Because I think that's what it comes across. And I think that's That's what I- That's like so American to be like (laughs) polite about your feedback. Exactly. Please be like correct and and do the sandwich of the compliment and then the criticism. Oh, the compliment And then the sandwich. And I'm just like- but what am I doing wrong though? This is so confusing. This is mixed signals at like the peak at this point. Yeah. So what has been your favorite way to receive feedback? I, and I think this is very different for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Personally, I really like direct feedback. In the moment when I messed up, mm -hmm. tell me then. Is, has that always been your way of getting feedback or has that changed since? Yeah, that's a really good question. I feel like that's changed a little bit as I've gotten older and as I've like, what's the opposite of not, or like I've not benefited yeah. from kind feedback. I'm <laughs> yes. doing air quotes. You yeah. cannot see that. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've had times where I've been burned in like a 360 or something Mm -hmm. for for things that I should have known about in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with managers being uncomfortable, having difficult conversations with people. Um, But I've seen the most growth in myself and have come to really appreciate over time, like direct and very specific timely feedback mm-hmm. like what at the time of the thing that was messed up yeah um so i that's how i like to receive it but it's definitely been an evolution for me what about you i don't know because i mm. <laughs> you're laughing at me because that was you, such a business school that, it, depends. it depends i learned today in ops that that's the right answer to give <laughs> to every question to literally every kevin question. told me that to answer every question with it depends so he sounds gonna, smart he, he is a very smart man um no it i actually don't know because like it's been interesting i never want to hurt people's feelings and so i have been that horrible feedback giver where i've been super polite and I'm like doing the compliment sandwich because I learned it in like a, I don't know, some sort of training at work or something. Um, but lately, I've also liked the direct feedback. I don't like it in public settings because I think mm-hmm. it makes other people uncomfortable as well as the person that you're giving the feedback to. So I will always pull them aside and be like, hey, like, how can I, this is what I'm noticing. How can I make it better and mo- more posing it as a question? But to receive feedback, I don't like it in public settings. I like pull me aside don't do it in front of like a thousand or like a hundred people or something. It makes me uncomfortable. And I, I feel there's like a sense of shame associated with feedback, I think for me. So that's why I act in that certain way, but coming to Fuqua and working with Sealy teams and, and meeting people from all walks of the earth, I've just understood how important feedback is because being polite and not actually telling, telling them anything, it does not benefit them. And I've seen that in my career so far, people are like, you're doing a great job or you're so polite or you're so nice. And I hate that word nice so much because it's just like, 
the blandest word in the dictionary. And I'm just like, I hate that word. But um, I've had multiple managers tell me being like, there's nothing that I would really improve on you. And I'm like, then clearly I'm not doing something right. There's always something you can right. improve so on. So then promote me tomorrow. Exactly. And it either stems from laziness because you haven't noticed what I've been doing, or it stems from the fact that you don't actually know how to give feedback, which is something that you can fix, right? Right. And I've had conversations with friends here where they've reached out to me because something terrible has happened or they're going through something. And feedback is just sometimes listening. And it comes back to that empathy thing that we were talking about with SEMA. But it's difficult to give good feedback because people process information in such different ways. And there has to be, I think, or maybe it doesn't have to be. I'm curious to see what you think. I always think there's a certain level of comfort level that's needed to give good feedback. Oh, I think it's a hundred percent. Exactly. If you do not trust or have a relationship with the person who's giving you the feedback, Mm -hmm. it almost automatically puts you in defensive mode because you're like, okay, well, you obviously don't know me that well, or, you know, you misconstrued something that Mm -hmm. I did. So there has to be like a level of empathy again Mm -hmm. and trust with the person who's like giving you the feedbacks in a way that you're going to be receptive to it. Um, So I'm curious because like you also mentioned something you said like shame. Like there's like some, if you get feedback in front of people, there's this like element of shame. And I'm really curious to see where that's coming from. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you, why? (laughs) Why do I feel? Because you feel like you're doing something wrong, right? Like if someone's saying that you need to work on the way you react to something or you address something or you do something a certain way, I think I automatically assume that is you're doing it the wrong way rather than there's a better way to do it or there's a better way to address something or there's just a better something. And I think that it, it might be just like, I don't know, like the type of environment that I grew up in coming come, coming from, you know, an Asian background, like my specific background. Um, so I've always thought of if someone is cri- criticizing the way that's non-academic and that's something how I interact with people, I think I felt a level of shame of like, oh, how did I not realize this? Like, of course, this is the right way to do this. Or how did I not realize these like nuances and stuff? Mm. So I think that's where it comes from. And I don't know necessarily if that's a wrong way to think about this, but if you are correcting someone or offering advice to someone to say like, hey, maybe you want to approach this a different way, there is a level of you're kind of doing it the wrong way. In my opinion, it always comes back to like my opinion kind of thing. So I think that's where it stems from. But I do have a question for you because you talked about this. You said that there's a level of trust and you do you take feedback from people that you know with more weight than a random person? And part B of that question is, do you think that's the right way to do it? Because isn't the random person to play devil's advocate how maybe 90% of the world is perceiving you and maybe they have the more unbiased approach of giving you the feedback. Cause I, I do the same thing. I trust people who I know, but then there's a level of bias that's associated with that feedback too. So I don't yeah. know if. Oh, what a saucy, <laughs> amazing question. Um, I'm going to throw right back at you <laughs> and I'm going to say it depends. Um, no, I think that, 
I think specifically when I brought up the trusting, I think specifically with your manager. True. Because if you feel like your manager has um, your back and has your best interest at heart, then the feedback that they're giving you feels like it's coming from a place of, I want to help you improve. So you, Form I personally, yeah. yeah, feel like less suspicious of it or <laughs> I don't know, like you're trying to like, it's less of a like gotcha yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that there can be like well-intentioned strangers that give you a lot of perspective. And that's why I say it depends because I think it really depends on like the kind of feedback if it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I've noticed this trend, like, mm-hmm. or something like that. I'm not going to, like, talk to a rando yeah. about that. But if it's, you know, something where you just want to understand how a specific project went or something that an outsider is privy to, of course, like, I, I we ask for feedback on this podcast. Yeah, like all the time. I would like to know what the people think, yeah. but I just think, you know, to have the feedback and to know how to give good feedback, Mm -hmm. you kind of have to have like somewhat of a relationship with the person or some level of trust built up that they can deliver in a way that you're going to be receptive to it. If that makes sense. Do you think there's, there's like certain elements of good feedback that like you've seen over and over again, like when I've received good feedback, they always do this and that's why it resonates with me. Yeah. Um, okay. At my old job, they used to have this thing called like thoughtful, specific feedback. (laughs) And it was like you thoughtful, specific, timely feedback or something like that. Um, and it was like when something happened at the time that it happened in an empathetic way, and it was very specific and actionable. Mm -hmm. And I remember it like the best feedback I ever got from my boss was actually like, and I'll, I'll tell it two ways. Cause I got <laughs> this feedback from another boss, but yeah. it was not good feedback. Yeah. So, um, I remember like my old boss said to me, like he pulled me aside one day and I was having like a particularly like hard day at work. Like I was just like in my feelings mm-hmm. and whatever. And he was like, Hey, so like, I'm noticing that you're having a hard day. Um, and he was like, you know, you are like a dynamic person. Mm-hmm. And he drew, we had these like whiteboard tables and he drew this thing on the table that looked like it was an EKG mm-hmm. and it was like very spiky and whatever. And he was like, what is that? And I was like, I don't know. An EKG? <laughs> I was having a bad day. And he was like, no, this is like your energy level. And when you are at the peak, when you're at these peaks, you are like unstoppable. You're incredible. You're crushing everything in your path. When you're down here. Oh yeah. (laughs) And he was like, when you're down here, like people don't really know how to interact with you. They don't know what's going on. They don't know if you're okay. Like people are kind of tiptoeing around you. And I was like, okay. And he was like, you need to figure out. And he was like, all of these things are okay but you need to figure out like what the things are that trigger you to be at the bottom points of this like line and how to get yourself from getting there, Mm. whatever it is. And if it's like talking to somebody or you have an issue with a coworker 
or whatever, but you need to kind of monitor your energy levels because you're such a dynamic person that when your energy shifts, it's really noticeable Mm -hmm. to the people around you. That's your power, but it's also something that you need to be really cognizant of. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, I've gotten that (laughs) feedback before, but the feedback was like my other, like a different boss was like, sometimes you're aggressive. And I was like, oh, like they, first of all, not thought. Let's talk about this aggressive comment that, that women of color get, women get, or they get the comment of you're emotional. And I'm like, but I'm just like, I'm sorry that I displayed like just a deviation away from my normal brick face that I usually right. have in meetings. I'm like one you standard do, deviation yeah. away from like, like pH neutral. Exactly. And, and then my male counterparts get to have mental breakdowns mm-hmm. in meetings and throw hissy fits. And that's just being, you know, passionate about the job. But God forbid I raise my voice once to ask the question and I'm emotional. Right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. And so I know like we were going to talk about this, but we mm-hmm. might as well just like get mm-hmm. into it. Like I would say like being called aggressive and, and sure it was like couched in some other way, mm-hmm. but the net net of it was she was telling me that I was being aggressive, mm-hmm. which, you know, as a black woman to hear, to hear someone tell you that you're aggressive. Yeah not thoughtful, Mm -hmm. not actionable, not specific, not contextual, not contextual. Exactly. And I didn't know what to do with that because in my mind, I was like, okay, yeah, but there were a bunch of white men Mm -hmm. who were like screaming me out of meetings. So to me, like, okay, I kind of have to be a little Mm -hmm. bit quote unquote Mm -hmm. aggressive but I I just felt I just feel like the way that you give feedback needs to needs to have the person who's receiving the feedback at the center of that narrative Mm -hmm. and like I don't think that this person thought oh I'm telling a black woman who's at the start of her career who's you know, still trying to learn. Mind you, this was nowhere near said aggressive behavior. This yeah. was like months later in my mm-hmm. 360. So I had no idea like what it was referring to. Yeah. Um, no thought to like, okay, this might be not how I should deliver this. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, and then I was kind of on the defensive because I was like, well, is she telling me this because I'm black? Or yeah. Is she telling me this because it's like, what was actually going on and mm-hmm. I went back and did a retro in my mind and I was like yeah there are definitely some moments when I behaved aggressively um I also felt like that's kind of what I needed to do to get my job done yeah. so I had to like re- totally recalibrate um so I don't know that's just like horrible feedback in my opinion because like the person doesn't know what to do with it what yeah. about you I've gotten some interesting feedback, but I I wanted to go back to what you said, because I think the person giving the feedback and the situation, what they give the feedback in changes the meaning of those few words because, and I think setting that context and setting that situation is important because 
a single thing that a person does should not define their entire, A, their pay scale, the way that they're viewed in a company, the way that they're valued in a company, which I think for sometimes, and this is proven, women or people of color, they're taking those few instances and it's looked in a negative light. Whereas for other people, they're given the benefit of the doubt. I think my worst feedback or the one that bothered me the most was, um, there was two situations, right? There was one where I had managers that would just not really give me anything. They would be like, you're doing great. You're doing wonderful. All that kind of good stuff. Like, I really don't really know what else you could improve on. And I think going back to what we talked about earlier, if that's the case, then pay me more or promote me or do something. Don't just, you know, tell me I'm doing a great job without any inputs and then not really let me progress. Um, which I don't know if that was their intention, but like when you hear no feedback or constructive feedback um, consistently, that's what, you know, some people will start to believe. Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing, the other situation was someone described me um, as we were in a group setting, a new person was joining the project and this coworker who was a friend of mine was going around saying like, oh, so-and-so is good at this. So-and-so is good at this. And then they, he got to me and said, oh, Somia is the nice one. Oh my God. And this was a friend of yours. This was a friend. We had worked together for about two years. Um, you know, we were coworkers, we became friends and it just kind of stung to see, or to think that, wow, the only thing I'm contributing is the fact that I don't piss anyone off. I'm just a nice one. For um, sure. It's such like a boring blah word to use, I think, to describe someone. Um, because I think a lot of people think that nice just means like kind or they're pleasant. And I'm like, to me, nice was just like, this person has no personality. There's nothing to write home about other than the fact that they don't, you know, um, make other people feel uncomfortable. Like my existence was just like the puppet in the room or something. Right. And I feel like too, with the word nice, it's not actionable. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, it's kind of like, okay, are you, you said this was a friend. So it's like, are you conflating our relationship as friends or like as coworkers? Like, I don't know, in a professional setting to be described as the nice one is just, and I feel like a man would never be described that way. Yeah. And, and I, I, again, I could have been taking it personally. And I, I was just, it kind of, I, I took, took a step back after he said that in my head, I was like, that's it. That's all you could come up with that. I, I'm just a nice person. And I have this like affable personality. Like, that's it. That's all we're going to talk about. Oh my God. Um, affable. <laughs> Such a good SAT word. All the words, all the words coming out. All um, the words. <laughs> but that was, I think, again, I wasn't, I think, give it put in a situation like you were where the, like specific inflammatory language was used to describe it. But the lack of feedback also sucks because you're just like, am I not making an impact enough for people to care? Um, mm-hmm. Which is how I started to take it. Um, so that would, I think that was kind of like the worst feedback that I've ever gotten. Yeah. Um, I wanted to jump back though, because you were talking about like the way you like to receive feedback and the way you give feedback. And I'm wondering, do you change that given the situation or the person you're talking to? Like, do you talk, um, do you use a certain style when talking to your partner versus your parents versus mm-hmm. like when we first started in our C lead, we didn't all know each other very well. Like how sure. did you change your, the way you kind of address things? Uh. Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely provide feedback differently given the situation. Like, and when it comes to like my partner, of course, this goes back to what we were saying about trust. It's like, 
I've built up like a couple of years worth of trust with you. So like, I'm getting straight to the point. Like, and I also know that that's like his personality. So he, I can be more direct and that's how he prefers to kind of receive feedback. But then when it comes to like friends um, or even coworkers, I would say you really have to spend some time getting to know them and provide it feedback in like an empathetic way mm-hmm. like you need to I I personally try really hard to understand how they like to receive the feedback and try and curtail my feedback that way because it's all about reception right like if you're providing the feedback in a way that's not going to be received well um it's kind of a moot point what about you I, um, I try to really, I've taken a conscious effort to make sure that I am not hurting anyone in the way that I give my feedback, but also that I'm not, um, I'm not like dulling the impact of my feedback by trying to be kind, because I think sometimes there's only a certain way you can say things. And if that person, if the other person is just not changing from what you're saying or what others are saying, um, maybe you have to change the way you give it. And I think, my parents have always been very direct in, in how they give feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's harsh. And I think I, based on that, do the opposite where I'm like, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but this is what, you know, everything you messed up on. Um, For but sure. I, I think I have, I think once I started here, I've been a little bit more assertive in the way I give feedback rather than do like a compliment sandwich. And I found that a, it just takes away the stress on my part because I don't have to like really craft a message. It's more about just giving whatever I need to say out to this person. So I think in a lot of ways it makes it easier, but I am much, much nicer to my friends and people that I know than I am to strangers. I think there's like a degree of separation there. So I don't, I don't have to dull up the impact of anything that I'm saying down, but with like friends and family, I am very just like cautious to make sure I'm not saying anything that's going to like make anything worse. For Um, sure. Yeah. So I think similar to what you were saying, it comes from trust where you probably are like, I've known you for so long. This is what I want to say. And for me, I'm like, oh, I've known you for so long. I know how you're (laughs) going to take this. I need to like change the way I need to say this. Um, So definitely, I think I adapt. So this brings up a a question for me. What about here at Fuqua? How do you feel we do as, because, you know, part of the MBA experience is about building leadership qualities and improving your interactions and soft skills. So how do you feel like we do here at Fuqua? This might be a hot take, um, but I think we can do better. I know that because I, again, am very polite in the way that I address new people or I address um, like even like RC lead meetings and stuff. And I think there's just we could do better in being more direct. I think we've been given the tools to do so, but again, we're in this virtual environment, it's COVID and there's so many like nuances of things you need to navigate in this like weird virtual world. Um, so I think we're being extra polite um, and also feelings are running higher than I think than most times we are in like a pressure cooker kind of situation and then add a pandemic on top and it's just like a pressure cooker underground or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we could do better. And I am part of that problem because I am the one that one of those people that's super polite and not direct, but I'm working on it. But what do you think? Oh my gosh. I think we 
are not good at giving. (laughs) Yeah, I think even in class, sometimes I feel like the professors will be like, yeah, that was a really great point. Even if it wasn't like this has happened to me where the professor has told me I made a great point and I objectively know that (laughs) I was not adding that much value to the conversation. So I think, you know, it comes back to maybe culturally, we feel a responsibility for other people's feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. And we think that we're doing them a favor by not being super direct. and, and, you know, there's a way to be direct without being an absolute savage. But yeah. I think that um, I've personally grown the most when I've gotten critical feedback and when it's good, when it's delivered well. Um, <laughs> and I definitely think that that's something I wish I got more of mm-hmm. um, in this MBA experience, at least so but far. That actually uh, brings us to the close of this episode. Um, thank you everyone so much for listening. Again, I think Danny and I can't reiterate enough how um, how overwhelmed and happy we are with the response for the podcast. Um, so keep sharing, keep telling people um, and keep listening. We have an incredible guest next week coming on, um, the one and only Mr. Luke Blackburn. And he's going to talk about his story and recruiting and kind of all of the things that he had to deal with and and what that looked like. Um, So we're super duper excited for that episode um, and can't wait for you guys to listen. All right. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Thank you.